Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Keeping your car's wheels aligned is important when you're driving. Keeping yourself aligned with God is important for living. Alignment to arrange in proper order or in a straight line. God, we pray at this moment that you would allow us to align our lives with you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Friends, it is the top of May and I'm excited to be with you. We're going to kick off today our May sermon series and it's going to talk about alignment with God. But today specifically, we're going to talk about overcoming the world. You see, as a vehicle is taken to a mechanic when it is in need of an alignment, you and I must go to God when we are in need of a spiritual alignment. When cars are not in alignment, the tires of the car can be worn down and unevenly, and even the gas mileage declines as well. But when we are out of alignment with God, our lives are horrible. We live our lives just functioning improperly. We make bad decisions and so much more. In the whole month of May, we will notice how important it is to be in alignment with God. This series will hopefully speak to your heart as well as your mind, and it's designed ultimately to bring us closer to God. Today, my friends, we are going to camp out in the first love letter of John. This letter you see is written to believers in Jesus who as of recent have been exposed to what the Bible would call false teachers. These teachers, they believed false knowledge about Jesus. You see, these believers, they're surrounded by a belief system called Gnosticism. Big word, huge implications. You see, believers in Gnosticism, they placed a great emphasis on knowledge instead of faith. They mixed belief in Jesus with Greek philosophy And we see this today in many areas where many desire to know about God, but neglect to live lives for God. And John, in his love letter to these believers, he writes to clarify that to know is not enough. John shares that to have knowledge about love, but not to live out love is not what God desires. For those who have faith in Jesus, you are to live out your faith. And first John, he makes all of us survey what is known as our Christian ethics. And he calls us to ask and survey, are we really aligned with God? Are the decisions that we're making in alignment with God? Is the life that we're living in aligned with God, in alignment with God? Because it's when we are aligned with God that we can conquer the attacks and obliterate the obstacles of the world. And so in 1 John chapter 5 verses 1 through 4, we are given the makeup of an overcomer. 
Now, I'm going to stop right now, and I'm just going to simply tell you even virtually, if you believe in Jesus, you are an overcomer. An overcomer, one who conquers the world, one who is a natural born, built, you know what, God tough overcomer. But yet, if you're going to walk in overcomer status, you must understand the DNA of an overcomer. And the DNA of an overcomer is seen right here in verse one. It shares that we must believe in the unity of the Godhead. Listen to John's love letter right here in verse one. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the father loves the child born of him. In this one verse, we get to see what Christians call the Trinity. But ultimately, it's the Godhead. We get to see the father who is God. We get to see his spirit and the child who was born of God. We affectionately know as Jesus. See, the Godhead, again, is made up of God's God's spirit and Jesus. The Godhead functions in unity, not in sections. See, John, right here, he's sharing with these believers that, yes, I know three in one, that may raise some eyebrows, but do not become distracted by certain Gnostic beliefs, certain systems which promote disunity among the Godhead. You see, the Godhead functions in unity. You cannot have one portion of the Godhead without the other. I like to think about it just like this. I don't know about you, but I love Lay's potato chips. Yes, I do. My favorite flavor is the KC Masterpiece Barbecue Lay's potato chips. Sometimes I'll stop by the gas station and get some of these delightful chips and I'll go to driving. But as I'm driving, I'm multitasking that I will get the bag of chips, open them, eat one, roll it and put it back in the passenger seat. However, it won't even be a minute later. I will grab the bag from the passenger seat, unfold it, pick up another chip, put it in my mouth and commit this same action. I'll do this over and over again until all of a sudden I realize that all the chips are gone. And when I'm at the end of the bag of chips of these delightful KC Masterpiece barbecue chips, I begin to think about the lay slogan that I guess is true that I bet you can't eat just one. Well, friends, similarly, you cannot have God without Jesus nor God's spirit without God. You cannot just have one. This is why the Jesus told Philip in John 14 verse 9 that anyone who has seen Jesus has also seen the father. You see, John is telling these believers as well as us today to do not allow the artificial belief systems of the world to detour you away from what you know in certainty. Do not allow allow the YouTube philosophers and the social media skeptics to really make you say, I don't know Jesus because you know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins 2000 plus years ago, that he was raised. And as he is raised, we walk in the newness of life. And John is simply telling them to have faith. Friends, if you're going to realize that you are an overcomer and walk in overcoming status, you have to understand that you must believe in the unity of the Godhead. But yet John is clarifying yet the second segment of the DNA of an overcomer by him saying that we must also accept our duty to live in unity with everyone. Listen to John's words in verses two through three. John says that by this we know 
that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Friends, the English writer and philosopher G.K. Chesterton once said that just going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in your garage makes you a car. You see, being in the right place, but committing wrong and hurtful actions are not the desire of God. You see, John shares with these believers as well as us that love, true love, sacrificial love, lived out love is truly the currency of a Christian. You see, when you believe in God, your belief will be translated through your actions and your actions will be filled with love. Friends, the greatest overcomer of them all, Jesus committed actions filled with love. We see this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. The text says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we should lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This ethic of love should be the believer's norm. We sacrifice our comfort because Jesus sacrificed his comfort. We are inconvenienced to help others because he was greatly inconvenienced to help us. And through Jesus, we have life. Through Jesus, we walk in the newness of our lives. And as we are unified with our Savior, we should thus live unified with each other. This is what John is passionately expressing to these first century believers as well as us. To overcome the world, it means that you embody something completely different than what the world is offering. Friends, overcomers like all of us offer unity when the world offers disunity. Overcomers like all of us offer love when the world offers hate. Overcomers offer peace when the world gives chaos. Overcomers offer help when the world offers hopelessness. Overcomers offer hope when the world offers dread. Overcomers offer joy when the world offers despair. You see, overcomers accept that, yes, it is our duty to live out love for God, but it is also our delight to commit love-driven, Christ-centered actions in all that we do. And we don't do this in a grudging, uh, type of fashion. We should do this in such a way that we know that by doing this, we're making God smile. By doing this, we are pleasing God. By doing this, we are aligned to God. So if by chance we are inconvenienced momentarily, it doesn't matter. It's for Christ and it ought to be okay. Friends, my, I want you to understand you're an overcomer, but you're an overcomer as much as you are aligned with your Savior. Alignment with God, it forms us into overcomers who overcome the world when we believe in the unity of the Godhead, when we believe in the unity and live it out with each other. But lastly, true overcomers, they believe that faith makes all the difference. I promise I didn't make this up. The text says it right here in verse four. It says, for whatever is born of God, here it is, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. John tells the believers of his day, as well as us, that when you follow Jesus, you conquer the value system of the world. Friends, we would do well to understand that we serve a God through Jesus Christ that can transform culture. But God 
has chosen to transform culture through human change agents like all of us. The victory assigned to us are experienced when we are aligned with God. Our faith, however, not our works, not our intellect, not how much money you have, our faith in alignment with God makes all the difference. Overcomers, you see, they trust in times of turbulence. They trust God because they know the great unity bearer God is working everything out on our behalf. Friends, as we think about being overcomers, we're encouraged by a 2012 interviewer, John Sherrill. John Sherrill wrote about an older gentleman who found peace in the midst of not being able to sell his home at the moment. When the older gentleman was asked how he could remain happy in the midst of such turbulent times, this older gentleman said that, I think back to a time where I interviewed Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill once told me that he was brought up in an old one-room cabin with not much. He said, but the interview was great. Everything was awesome. But there's some key words that stuck out. And it was when Napoleon Hill said, but if I'd look down at fear, I'd still be in that cabin. You have to learn to look up to hear the word God has for you. Friends, to walk in overcomer status, we must learn to look up to God because our help comes from God. We can't look out into the world to fear because the blind cannot lead the blind. We should not look to the philosophers of this world, but instead don't look down in fear, but look up in faith. Friends, when we look up in faith, we walk high and awesomely proud of our Savior because we are overcomers. And overcomers believe in the unity of the Godhead, that the Father is God, that Jesus is Son, and yet that's God's Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. We must believe it's our duty to live in a unified manner with others. But we believe as overcomers that our faith makes all the difference. I know that times are turbulent. I know that things are uncertain, but trust and believe that when we have faith in Jesus, we too conquer and overcome this world. Friends, if there is someone here that's watching virtually and you're saying, man, the news reports are getting to me. The death toll is getting to me. I'm losing some people and you feel like you are fighting alone. I want to let you know you are not. If by chance you have been feeling hopeless and you have not accepted Jesus, I invite you to repeat a very simple prayer after me. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for every sin I could commit. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Friends, if you've just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that I'm clicking my heels virtually together just for you. But please, if you prayed that prayer, you feel free to comment in the comment section. Let us know what God's doing in your life so we may celebrate just like heaven is doing right now for you. But if by chance you desire more information about what's going on here at Second Point says we do our best as imperfect people to serve an almighty and perfect God. You go right there to spdlonline.org, spdl.org, 
and just simply send us an email. Let us know how God's moving so that we may journey with you. But friends, today, I told you we're all overcomers. Let that give you hope. But we're overcomers not because we have the might, not because we have the fight, but we serve a God who fights for us. And so the together takeaway, T3, as we like to call it here at Second Ponce, is this. Faith in God transforms us into overcomers who are change agents in the world. I'm going to read that one more time. Faith in God transforms us into overcomers who, can, who are change agents in the world. My hope and prayer, even right now virtually, is that you would realize that you are an overcomer. And so now, go out and change the world this week. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.